When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles, and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. Thursday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Fowler and I'm joined on this occasion by Craig G. Telford. Hello there. And Gary Cocker. Even. Usually when Craig G. Telford's on, it's a lower league special. Now, this isn't quite that case tonight, but it will be next season when Dundee are in the Championship. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 it's a sick burn. <laughs> it's a bit of an odds and sods tonight. I think this will be the third podcast I've appeared on with Gary. When was it? Your old flat in that sort of big building? Uh, what, the, oh, the, the, the yeah, the old hospital. It was yeah, like the old awesome. abandoned hospital. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was it was a hotel, abandoned hotel, abandoned, hotel. abandoned hotel. And then there was one we did at Cairns's house that we got in trouble for at the end of the season one. Oh well, yeah, you, you deservedly were in trouble, all of you. So. Oh yeah, we've, we've got an entire category. You, you yeah. were the one that were in least trouble, Craig, because you hadn't done one before. Gary and Graham had been on two years in a row, and had also specifically said, specifically said. To do the, the favourite moment award. We were giddy. High on we the joys say, of Scottish football. Was that, was that what we wouldn't say LCD sound system? Yes, it was. Yeah, aye, yeah. so. Yeah. The, the favourite moment is yeah. just cutting into our, <laughs> our, time, our time drinking. I'm, I'm sure that the, the dozens of people that were listening to it and were looking out for it, um, we, yeah, if you can hang on to five months, we'll see you then. <laughs> we'll be sure to mention it. Right, uh, let's begin with uh, the latest from Hamilton. Um, we won't talk about Martin Cannon's sacking because Joel and I covered it on the Patreon on Tuesday after, right after it happened. Uh, Cannon's gone and in his place they've brought Brian Rice as the new head coach and also changed the setup of the club where they're now going to have a director of football which is Alan McGonagall. Right. Oh, James, that name rings a press on a buzzer. Alan McGonagall was briefly just, in charge of Berwick Rangers. It makes me think of that Simpsons episode with McGonagall. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do this for me, Billy McGonagall. <laughs> well, McGonagall, <laughs> Billy's dead. <laughs> they slid up from ear to ear. Hey, I'm trying to eat. So just that conversation, but around uh, signings. No, Alan McGonagall was very briefly in charge of Berwick Rangers uh, a decade or so ago. He had done quite well in junior football and he had a string of post offices. I think his most recent job was at Bowness. Right, okay. Uh, quite the that, promotion. 
mean, I don't know what his knowledge of Cypriot football is, <laughs> where most of Hamilton Aki's source of job is from, but good luck to him. I think I read your piece in The Scotsman today about the 61 um, p- players that, that Martin Cannon signed. I know it's a meme that I refer back to uh, a lot, but uh, Norm MacDonald at the YouTube Awards, <laughs> reading out this list, and this list that absolutely nobody's like, all oh, the stars are here! That's exactly what it reminded me of. I was reading through this. I literally, about the the first one was like the star David Templeton I know who David Templeton is and the further down the more confused I got you ever seen Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory yes. you know that they've got the massive contract in the wall and then just the further they go down the writing becomes more and more obscure that's what it was like reading this, this bunch of uh, jobbers if any team needed a director of football it is uh, Hamilton it was the one that had me giggling was Kieran Mont-Louis <laughs> <laughs> he signed for the summer I've never heard of him. Never heard of him. He's never played. I looked at his um, um, transfer market, like, gives you, because it's kind of like soccer base, it's kind of yeah. spelled out in that way, but it includes uh, non appearances and basically whether they're on the bench or not. Ah. And his was like a block of 20 odd fixtures, and it just had not in squad, not in squad. <laughs> and then it got down to about uh, December time, and then it had on the bench for like five in a row, and then it went back to not in working squad. Hard, must have been working hard in training then. How many uh, these guys had Wikipedia pages? Um, oh, I didn't. I didn't look at that because I looked through most of them through soccer base. There most was of them, most of them, but not all of them. Like soccer <laughs> base played. It's, it's a good start. <laughs> but the um, the thing that I enjoyed the most about Brian Race is well, there's a few things that I really enjoyed <laughs> about his appointment. I think my favourite one was St Mirren announcing it before Hamilton did. Of course, I uh, he been one of the last people there as well from Alan Stubbs' home, yeah. but I'm sure there's only one, it's Cody Cook, me and a guy at work, my friend at work were talking about this, I think he is the only uh, Paul McGinn's still there. And Paul McGinn's still there, I beg your pardon. Paul McGinn's still a good one. <laughs> but if you have a look at uh, Rice's record, it, it just makes me think of Tommy Craig in so many ways, this appointment. But if you have a look at what he said, he's been the assistant at uh, Greenock Morton mm-hmm. with Ian McCall, then went to Airdrie with him. Um, and then he then went to Falkirk um, stayed there when John Hughes uh, came along and he was his sort of sidecar the um, muttley to his dick dastardly (laughs) if you will uh, at Falkirk, Hibs and Inverness stayed there when Richie Foran was appointed right? um, and then obviously went to St Mirren with subs uh, and then stayed there again so people seem to like keeping them on after they get rid of I just thought it was really funny. It's, I, I know we were kind of joking about this in the group chat earlier, but it, it looked as though his his daughter had gone missing, and he was appealing for information. <laughs> he was he was flanked by CID officers. <laughs> Listen, Debbie, you know we're not angry with you. We just we, we just want to know me and your mum Mitchellus. We just want to know you're okay. Like, right. Nobody looks happy. No, nobody like Guillaume Bouzelon in particular looked really perturbed. There was there was also. Um, somebody who said online something like you know Hamilton have announced this in the same way that your mum puts holiday photos on Facebook <laughs> <laughs> which I really appreciated um, because there was just a whole load of photos and some of them were repeating themselves as oh, well um, Hamilton Aki's though I mean I, I know that there's a couple of younger guys that, that do their social media mm-hmm. and that's certainly more progressive but I think uh, certainly the old guard that are in charge of their social media account um, a lot of the stuff in there is really like, yeah, like when your dad accidentally opens the camera around the wrong way. <laughs> pictures in his face. Plus, plus three. Plus three. <laughs> what were we expecting then from, from Brian Rice? Um, well, he did say in his interview today to Aki's uh, social media account that he wants to play more attacking football. He wants the local community to be proud of their team and to come out and enjoy their football. But obviously, he. You know, then threw in the caveat of, of course, there's going to be teams in this league who are better than us, and we'll, we'll have to stay tight and hit them on the counter attack. <laughs> what would that be? Every team in the league? <laughs> the 5 2 1 2 is coming back. <laughs> yeah, so interesting to see. We'll both, Gary and I, will both be at uh, Hamilton on Saturday. Yes, we will. Uh, as they host Dundee. Who, yeah. who else was in the. That will come on to Dundee in a second. Who else was in the frame for the job? You know, it was well, a real. It doesn't seem of, like. I'd be surprised they, if there was really anybody because it was like kind of paper talk but considering how quickly they got in race after because he was pretty much announced as he was going to get the job in what a day and a half after Cannon left yeah, so they must have had him in mind beforehand they surely couldn't have like sifted through all the candidates in that point but they had the, the list of the suicide squad list that we would put up which <laughs> <laughs> is really this is what was it Barry Ferguson uh, Alex Ray uh, Paul Hartley Paul Hartley God um, there was one more uh, Massimo Donati 
and Mark McGee. McGee might have been okay. Was, was Donati, somebody said as well when he was on the open goal interview with Cy Ferry, he said that the reason he went to Hamilton in the first place was so he could get involved with the coaching with the aim of becoming manager. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yep, you got the one. Uh, there was also they were linked with the manager who is abroad. Uh, I can't remember his name now. Stuart Baxter. <laughs> no, <laughs> thanks, Stuart. <Weir. laughs> and uh, Jim Goodman. Right. Who was the Who was the manager? I can't remember his name. Now. But they did say we've you know we've had applications or we've had notes of interest, and they were listening you know, from France, Germany, Italy. I think they just looked at the world map and just went, let's just pick a few of these countries. Those are just the VLs worldwide that send their CV into any job application because they're very good at football, football manager. Football manager, yeah. yeah. They'll screenshot the, the, the stuff for diminishing returns in terms of likes. I suppose I'll ask you guys, because I don't, I've not watched a lot of the Premiership, but what, do, what does Brian Rice need to do uh, to, to get Hamilton... <laughs> if he wants to play good football, he's only got, uh, by my count, four hours left to buy about ten players who well, are good at football. Alan McGonagall will be uh, identifying yeah, well, yeah, the players. Yeah, he's he's um, got four hours in. Yeah. Um, I think one of the problems is both uh, St Mirren and Dundee have signed a lot of players. A lot of players. Um, and they will be totally different prospects, whereas Hamilton seem to be resting on the basis that Martin Canning um, did not get the most out of his charges and they maybe think that yeah. Brian Rice can. I'm not even entirely sure that Canning didn't... Canning maybe deserves to go as a kind of punishment for uh, for how bad the team was assembled this year but I'm not even entirely sure that he wasn't getting the most out of them because there's not a whole lot there to work with. They don't really have any wingers. Uh, not got many creative midfielders. Andrew helps but it depends whether he's... he's Still the same good, player. Is he any good, Tony Andrew? I, I really liked him. Um, he was certainly, I mean, obviously he was brilliant. Line, he was I think he had, last time he was at Hamilton. He had quite a serious injury. Was yeah, it last season? Which and it's not. And he's quickly. thirty now as well. Yeah. So they signed uh, Steve, Steve Davies, uh, a striker for down south. He could possibly be a decent sign. I think Michael Miller's a good player who uh, a better manager might get the most out of. But there's really not a lot the, there. There were rumours that kind of expansive attack in football. There were rumours that a few teams were looking at Kilgallen, who's one of their better performers. Um, yes. So hold on to him would help. Um, mainly because whatever is beneath that is not something that anybody really wants to be looking at. Punting Tom, Tom Tyler would maybe help as well. Is there any good young players there at Hamilton? Because I know that, that that's certainly that's what the Aki's you go back to them, starting with McCarthy and MacArthur, they were the ones that sort of kicked off the perception that Hamilton were very good at bringing through young players. It seems to have dried up this season. Like Ferguson obviously came through last year, was very good, but I don't think there's been anybody who's even played, or even if they have, has kind of particularly stood out this campaign. Right, so let's um, move on from Hamilton to Scottish Cup. Yay! And we talked about it, Hamilton playing Dundee this weekend, and Dundee are coming into the game off the back of a 3-0 defeat away to Queen of the South. But you know what? It's totally fine. Do you want to know why? Because Jim McIntyre has just thrown his toys out of the pram and signed an entirely new team. So... What happened in midweek does not matter anymore. Can we talk about it anyway? No, 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 we absolutely cannot. Um, yeah, it was. We had down at the match. Thankfully, I was not. No, um, I was uh, captain sensible. Looked at the weather warnings. Um, mm-hmm. Looked at the team uh, and realised <laughs> that it would perhaps not be sensible. Um, it was a Stephen Dobie hat trick, so that's him up to thirty-seven goals. Yeah. For the season now, um, so that's a wild return. He was definitely helped by the defence. Um, well, before we talk, I mean, the, the first goal that he scored was that. I mean, I, I imagine like yourselves watched a uh, sports scene last night and, and saw the wee bump for the terrace TV show afterwards as well. But we'll come on to that in a second. <laughs> but I mean, Stephen Dobby's goal, first goal in particular, was stunning. Yeah. I mean, the guy just. He is probably the mo- one of the most likeable players in, in Scotland. I've loved watching him play, albeit uh, on the internet. But I don't want the way he's two-footed, you know, the, the sort of how, how brave, how confident he is in the ball. And to be able to, was it two players that he skinned before cutting in and then just melting it with his left foot right into the top corner? Mm-hmm. It's one of those things like how it's sort of like you not, did not expect that sort I mean, of thing coming. The warning signs were there for Dundee when I saw the team lineup because I was desperately trying to work out what we were going to do. Because uh, I think Woods must have picked up an injury because he wasn't in the squad at all. So we decided that instead of uh, playing Glenn Kamara, who it looks as if we're not going to sell to Rangers, so there's shouldn't need to worry about cup tying him. We uh, <laughs> we thought instead that it would be a great idea to put Darren O'Dea in centre midfield. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I mean, it's in a way, it's quite uh, clever tactics from Jim McIntyre because he's managed to unlock the sort of the little extra kitty that John Nelms has been keeping for new players <laughs> by going Darren O'Dea in centre mid. That's what I was reduced to. For the love of God. Um, so yeah, the first goal was. I mean, Innes should have probably been a bit tighter to him, but you can't really argue with the finish. Second goal, however, and the third goal. Um, second goal, we uh, had a free kick, so Dieng took the free kick short to Innes, who gave it back to him, who gave it back to Innes, and at this point, Innes just sort of gently uh, sclaffed it, it along the ground. It was it was, I, was, I was watching the highlights last night, and unfortunately this is something that uh, Stephen Thompson ended up pointing out in sports scene, so I didn't steal this from Stephen Thompson. It's when they were sort of giving the ball back to one another, where there was... The, where there was, there was at that point no real pressure on you're sort of looking at Ennis and saying Do, why, go the, why, are you not going, why are you not playing it forward why are you not mm-hmm. t- dribbling and, and, and playing into midfield instead of abdicating responsibility uh, to your goalkeeper this was I say was the problem with Ennis because he's been sent back today to Crystal Palace um, the problem with him was that he, Jim McIntyre does I'm not very, suffer I very much enjoyed the Dundee fan going on the Crystal Palace forum <laughs> to berate them yeah. we give you Julian Sprory about 15 years ago and in the turn you give us this absolute because if you look at him, it's, it's that classic um, player that you get on loan from down south, which is he's six foot four. Mm-hmm. You know, he's really built, um, and he looks tidy enough on the ball. And you think, oh, you know, this could actually be, uh, you know, quite a good capture. And he played for Crystal Palace in the Carabao Cup right. just before he came on loan. So you know, there was talk that maybe he's about to break into the first team. Thinking, oh, this could really solve it. But he gave away a shocking penalty um, against Motherwell at the weekend. He'd previously given away a stupid penalty to Celtic um, a while back. I'm sure there's another mistake I've forgotten. But this one was just appalling and he was hooked right away. Was that, after as it. I saw it, he was taken he, off after 30, 30 minutes. Was he injured or was it? No, it was just literally get out of my team. Um, a bit of a Peggy Mitchell from Jim McIntyre. <laughs> Go on, get out of my team. Um, and that then meant he um, McIntyre put on Callum Moore, who's a young centre mid, uh, and put OD back right. in centre uh, in central defence um, but from that point on it looked totally lost if you uh, have a look at the highlights and if you read what was happening it seemed as if Dundee started off brightly sort of for the first 10 minutes and then just totally fell away um, Kasunga's error was was worse I, know, I remember I was speaking to you about this last night and you said in isolation it's worse but in, worse, but in context um, and this is was worse but I, th- I look at Kasunga's and watching it, he's got, I think it's Lyndon Dykes, is, is right on top of him. Yeah. Stephen Dobby is sort of jogging, basically closing down the yeah, angle just a between pincer him movement, and the yeah. movement. So what does he do? He passes it to Stephen Dobby, <laughs> who's basically who, who, who just takes it around the goalkeeper. A very good finish as well, because it's at a tight angle, but it's like... He's on the byline, just, you know, boost it out. I just kick it or just yeah. tap it out, you tap it out for a, yeah. out for a throw. Um, the thing about Kasunga is he's capable of pulling off excellent performances as he did against Hearts um, the previous midweek but he's also capable of massive brain farts like that and a lot of his mistakes have come when he's been on the right side of defence and he's been put under pressure to pass it back he made a similar mistake against Air United in the League Cup I'm sure there's been a few others as well yeah. um, he, he doesn't really cope with being put under pressure if you if you were watching that you would think that Kasungo is one on the attack and those are the full back and covering defender so he's trying to juggle it um, so no that was it was an absolutely appalling performance it's no surprise we've uh, been out of the cup for so long um, one of my uh, friends pulled together a spreadsheet of all of Dundee's exits from the Scottish Cup since uh, his birth in 1980 doesn't make for pleasant reading there were five years in a row Dundee were knocked out by United um, there's obviously been a few where it's been the old firm which is a bit more Gretna, was that the year Gretna that was like, two th- the final against yes Hart, it was 3-0 we did that I'm saying that yeah. was about a pounding as well wasn't it yeah uh, so um, Dun- Dundee never again. yeah we're just not really made for the cup um, a few fans did overreact um, the same fans who were digging out the passports uh, after the Tynecastle game were the ones um, saying oh that's it just liquidate us now after being in the south but the the fact is we're just a pretty shit bottom six team fighting relegation um, and we're going to probably slip up against championship teams once in a while there you go so there we go right, really uh, positive message let's go to one of the other games of the Scottish Cup that was Stenersbeer 1 Aberdeen 4 a bit of a damp squib after the tremendous result at Pataudry fair to say aye the, the guy I do the tannoy with sort of described it as uh, getting a 
a second date with someone that you actually quite fancy, but the date turns out to be pretty shite because we were 3-0 down at half-time. I was watching the match, obviously we'd agreed to come on the podcast uh, before the match, the, the match was announced, so I was, I was looking out to see if there's any anything for this game that we can talk about, and do you know something? There isn't a lot to, to talk about in the to, game. To further that analogy, is uh, the goal that you got back like a sympathy handy? Before, before you part ways so I don't know how many 4-1 the equivalent of 4-1 dates there was absolutely no uh, <laughs> I was basically had a pat on the shoulder <laughs> that, that no um, Colin McMenamin came out after the match and sort of uh, he said he takes responsibility for the way that he set the team up it was a sort of 4-5-1 basically like it was like a 4-5-0-1 because Mark McGuigan was just really really isolated up top and pretty much right from the first kick of the ball Aberdeen were right on top of Stenhouse Muir and they, they scored three goals in, uh, in, in the first half the first one was Scott Wright who's now obviously going to Dundee Scott Wright ever played FIFA when the other person stops playing and it's actually the, the, play, the players all become statuesque it actually becomes quite difficult to dribble round them <laughs> it was sort of like that where, where he dribbled through our players and he teed it off to Niall again who, who scored a, it was actually a good finish um, Greg Stewart got pulled down for, for the penalty which Sam Cosgrove converted and then Stewart himself Stewart's goal was actually very very good very good like the way a lovely body swerve to get away from the defender and he sort of like a chipped finish over um, over uh, Graham Smith the second and, and that's sort of at half time we were sort of just thinking you know what this this has been a, a, a damn squib the best bit in the whole match actually the half time draw was made by Terry Christie Miller Matheson Peter Godfrey Ewan Donaldson George McGeeky the, the manager and players who beat Aberdeen in 1995 the club uh, put on hospitality for them which is a really nice touch so it was great to see them there uh, but the second half we gave it a bit more of a go in the second half but like Aberdeen weren't trying as hard but by that point the only two bits that Stennis we had in the game Mark Ferry hit a shot from 35 yards that Joe Lewis pushed over the crossbar and then from the corner Andy Munro scored from and for a brief moment you're thinking oh jeez well, I don't know if we could you see if we get the next goal maybe we might still see what happens <laughs> but then um, God, God love him Rudy Donaldson headed the ball into his own net inexplicable I've never seen anything like it he, it was a Greg Stewart just basically as a floaty cross to the back post Donaldson tried to put out for a corner but instead bulleted a header off the, cro- off the underside of the crossbar and over the net and it was just even Shea Logan went up to him and sort of like just said unlucky mate uh, so at that point it was 4-1 the best thing I'd use to describe Aberdeen's performance is, is, is very professional I think they treated Senesmuir with a lot of respect particularly in the first half when they really went for it and having watched Senesmuir back to back we beat we beat Erdionians 1-0 on Saturday and then played on Tuesday night and just Playing in the in, in League One and in, in late laterally League Two last season, you don't see teams as good as Aberdeen play, and it's just the step up in quality is, is a massive difference. You've got centre backs that are everyone's comfortable in the ball. A lot of the time when we played Airdrie, somebody gets in the ball, boom, it gets hit straight mm. long. There's no thought put into it, even if they're in space, it just gets put long. You've got you had um, uh, it was Andy Considine and Tommy Hoban were, were playing, and they were comfortable just taking the ball, dribbling at defence, playing forward passes into guys' feet, guys who have got players around them that, that want the ball, will take the ball in. Um, you'd get Scott Wright's a very fast player. Uh, Niall McGinn's very skillful. Greg Stewart's very skillful. Sam Cosgrove. Remember seeing him? Uh, we went to the League Cup final against Celtic and didn't think anything wrong. But when you see against the Steny players, he looks like a bloody Roman centurion. <laughs> you know, he's just a he's just a a, a big lumpy guy. Um, and you know something? I remember go back to an interview I did with Mick Dunlop on the Pelly podcast. He played an Albion Rovers team that drew with Rangers at Ibrox. And we spoke a lot about that game because it was a massive achievement for a team like Albion Rovers to, to draw with, with Rangers. But then we asked him about the second leg and he's where Rangers won. He's like, ah, you know, you know what, you get you get one chance to, mm-hmm. to, to beat these teams. You get one chance and if you don't take it, the big teams won't let the same thing happen twice. If you're going to line up defensively against them, they'll be savvy to it. They've got more time to prepare the team and, yeah. and to, to work through Look at what you did at the first game and, and figure out ways around it. Aye, exactly. I would love to see uh, where uh, there's a big team and a wee team that uh, gets taken to a replay, how often the wee team actually comes to get, like, mm-hmm. comes through the signals. I can't imagine it would be that often. I mean, Aberdeen won't learn much from it. They've got a, a decent draw against Queen of the South up next, a home draw against Queen of the South next. Yeah. Uh, Stennis, we were playing Stranraer at the weekend, and I think one of the big problems for Stenny is they, they had 
very very limited numbers at the moment they had five players in the, couldn't make any subs didn't make any substitutions they had five players on the bench and not one of them was even was ever close to getting on the pitch and I say as well Jesus Garcia Terra might be one of the worst Warriors signings I can think of because we're talking about Brian and another centre back as well the guy's fallen so far out of the picture you're playing right backs at centre back instead of him just to keep him out there out of the team so a bit pointless but uh, you know what a wee bit a wee bit of money spinner and we might be able to who knows when we're recording this podcast on a Thursday night if we bring in another player I, I, I don't know I don't know but it was the, the probably the best thing about the whole match was just seeing Oakleview packed because Aberdeen brought a really good crowd they completely packed out the Trice Road end um, the, the the stand was full and there was fans behind the, the other goals and it's great to see Oakleview like that you know it was a bright you know a bright cold night and, and everyone was really up for it and I think because of the romance of the fixture from 1995 it's just a shame that the, the match didn't really live up to it Last Scottish Cup game not a replay but uh, a game that was played after the first one was postponed was Townbeath against Rangers Rangers won 3-1 or 3 half at half time anything to add about this? Uh, no, no, not really. I, I'm only go, I'm only going by the highlights. What I would say though about Rangers is that in the second half they looked really, really sloppy, really, really sloppy. Yeah, Gerald but, still in. Despite I know they made nine, the, they made the eight, nine changes. Yeah, despite the ease of the result, Gerard was still uh, unhappy with them at full time. Wanted uh, standards not to slip in the second period. And we. Oui. Oh my God, I, yeah. yeah, of course. That's like something out of Shakespeare. That is like something out of Hamlet, where he says that this does not slip. The captain, the boyhood Liverpool fan, says this does not slip. And lo and behold, against uh, Chelsea, he slips and costs them the title. Even better, though, was a match against Crystal Palace uh, a couple of days later, the Cristian Bull. <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was a game where uh, Liverpool were three nothing up, yes, and uh, they needed to they needed to pull on the goals for the goal difference so yeah. they could get closer to Man City. Man City. So uh, I put a tenner on. Uh, <laughs> I think I had like eighty quid in my account or something. So I put like a tenner on Liverpool to score the next goal, and then <laughs> Palace scored. I was like, all right, twenty quid on Palace scored. <laughs> no, Liverpool scored next goal. Palace scored. Oh fuck! Uh, right, what do they here? Um, 40 quid Palace scored the next just switched it Palace scored this time Palace scored the equaliser oh. I'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not only have I made my money back I've also got my more on top of it as well Rangers were probably a bit unlucky because uh, they should have had a penalty of their own Fraser Mullen handballed it looked like a definite handball he basically turned it and the thing hit off his wrist a probably handball and the penalty that John Flanagan gave away should have been a free kick because it was outside the box but it was immaterial I remember thinking though I, I, I don't I've only seen him in the highlights and then, then saw him against um, Kilmarnock but do you mean the foes are really I don't know it's early days but he doesn't look that that great I was kind of expecting him to put about three or four pass count well, I, didn't, I didn't like the signing to begin with and I'm very sceptical that it's going to be a good Nah, they've got. A, I mean, Scottish football have got a bad habit of doing that sort of signing guys who are, who have been been good once, sort of signing them later on. I thought I actually thought Defoe would be good because he has been been a, a good player throughout his career. But I think you saw against uh, Livingston, where they they basically left Morelos to just playing up front himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I and it looked a lot better. Ah, I can see the thing behind. Remember when Manchester United signed Juan Veron, and the idea was for him to play behind the striker. And sort of, he's a world class player at Lazio. Play him behind the striker, but then that was the space that Paul Scholes would, would run into. So when Paul Scholes would make the run, there's always somebody else there. Kind of feels like it with Morelos. Morelos is playing so well up front of his own. Why would yeah, you want to? And also, I doubt as well whether Morelos can play with anybody. I'm not entirely sure he has that in him. I know he's not, he's not a selfish player. He links with the midfield a lot. He drops deep a lot and he, he's, he'll take the ball. And it's not like he, it's not like he turns and then just sets off. He'll do the he'll do the right thing and he'll pass it to the left, pass it to the right, pass it to the available man. But he still just plays to the beat of his own drum so much and makes all these runs and stuff that I'm not entirely sure he can develop that wavelength with another player. Like because when you, I think it's different to link with a different part of the team and to, to carry out that game plan than it is to link with somebody who's going to be occupying the kind of same area as you. I'm not entirely certain that Morelos has that capability at this stage of his career. He's only still 22. And we'll all see him Morelos in the game. He's the mental side of football is something that he probably needs to improve on. <laughs> Just a little. Right, let's move on to the championship. The top of the championship we're going to talk about today. Uh, there are three teams. 
Four teams battling. This is part of the debate, isn't it? But I would say perhaps after today's business, we're probably safe saying three rather than four. What do you not like about Inverness's business? They've not done much. Okay, that's fine. Whereas the other three have. Inverness, I don't think, are in good form either. So, yeah, we'll we'll leave it at Inverness. So we'll go with (laughs) Air United. Sorry, Inverness. Sorry, Ross County, Air United and Dundee United. Yes. Well, I'll let you sell it. No, no, we'll tell you what, we'll start with Air United because they played uh, through the week there. They were beaten 3-2 by Inverness. They were beaten 3-2 by Inverness. I... uh, you uh, poor defending, which is something that United haven't. United have generally been pretty good this season, or they've kept an, a, a, like a good number of clean sheets. Three 0 down in eighteen minutes. Eighteen minutes. Either the goal, the goals were really poor. They lost um, one was, uh, uh, yeah, one was someday. It was one was a bit. First one was a bit fortunate. It was uh, like okay, Daniel Harvey got a block and the ball rebounded to Nathan Austin. Second one was a mistake by Stevie Bell, and the third one, uh, I. Uh, Michael Rose didn't really properly clear the header so but generally Air United have been pretty good defensively and then at half time they brought on Lauren Shankland he was on the bench and they, they rallied a wee bit but I think Ian McCall said afterwards he can't give teams uh, three, three go head starts now I had my own sort of opinions about Air United but I consulted Alistair Gemmel of course my, my close associate who worked in Telemish Pelly and he helped bring uh, my own ignorance into sharp focus and, and it's interesting um Probably what, what the turning point that's been for uh, United was against Ross County, which was I think that was at the start of December. They were three one up at half time, and you think Ross County are the, the obvious favourites. Well, you thought Partick Thistle might be but anyway, at the moment Ross County the obvious favourites to to win the championship. And Sean Pickham Fernland. Let's just always bring that up. I watching back. It's just funny you watched back that pilot. Uh, Everything we predicted is, is absolutely <laughs> wrong. Honestly, everything. Like, oh, I think I think Barry Angels will go and have a good season. He sacked a manager a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I to finish the top six, or at least the challenge. No, you, I think what you said, I think you said it on a show as well, is they're just a striker short of top six. There you go. There you go. But they never got that striker. So who knows? It might have lifted the confidence of the <laughs> entire team. <laughs> Could be all we need. <laughs> Um, I, I, that, that's, that was a, that was a sort of t- turning point there for for for, count, for 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 them, and since then, including that county match, they have. Um, let me see where, where's my notes right here. Aye, aye, including the county match, that's one win in eight in all competitions, including a very embarrassing defeat of the Scottish Cup to Auchinleck Tal. But I mean, we don't want to go into too much detail of that because Sean McGuigan already did that on on last Monday's show. What was their one win again? Uh, it was Dundee United. against Dundee. I knew that. <laughs> Carry on. Such a, a petty, petty line. Got a sale on brand. <laughs> well, Is it not two wins and ten? Well, both are against United. Yeah, without my brand, I nothing five there. Five 0 at five 0 and one 0 yeah. But you thought that five 0 I mean, that was that was one of the well. We'll come on and talk about what the performance of the SPL this season is. Uh, very short, but that that was sort of a magnificent performance. And you think, my goodness, they have not just beaten one of the favourites in the league; they have absolutely eviscerated them. But since then, I mean, there is there is an over reliance on Lauren Shankland's goals. Air United have scored thirty seven championship goals. He's got nineteen of them. And he's been out recently as well, hasn't he? Came Aye, back. Yeah. He came. He was on the bench and came off the bench to score. I think Michael Michael Moffat is no longer as prolific as he once was. Still a fabulous player, but he's more of a facilitator now. Uh, Craig Moore, as, as Sean said, isn't just isn't as good as a, a stand-in. I always like the way Sean says Moffat. Says Moffat. Moffat. Aye. Michael Muffet Get with the programme Fife boy <laughs> uh, Also Injuries have Played a part as well Jamie Adams Has been missing Since November And he's uh, obviously like, An absolute bruiser He's like one of the The Bash brothers From uh, the Mighty Ducks He's like the, the two Bash brothers Combined Dean Fulton and Ryan Portman For all the uh, Mighty Ducks marks Out there And on top of that uh, James Forrest and Mark Kerr Have been missing too Alan uh, Forrest Did I say James Oh yeah. my goodness Sorry, James Forrest and, and Mark James Kerr. Forrest Has been missing for air yeah, uh, for his entire career. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Alan Forrest, can you edit that out? No, jeez, no. no. all right. Uh, Alan Forrest and Mark Kerr have been missing too. Uh, and Alan Forrest, up until his injury, was playing very well. And Mark Kerr brings that sort of that uh, what sort of for? It's not a diatribe, it's a metronome in the middle of the park where he just keeps the diatribe metronome where he just keeps the ball and keeps things ticking over. But they, they play Aloha on Saturday, which is a big game for both teams actually. But They've got their next game isn't until the 16th, and Ian McCall has said that he's going to use 
the that sort of two week period to put them through like a mini pre season again and hopefully refresh them, reinvigorate them for the for the final goal of the, uh, of the season. I would say, however, though, United have had a fantastic season so far. They have punched so far above their weight. Oh yeah, I'd yeah. expected them to be in that throng of teams like Morton, Dunfermline, sort of like probably too good to get relegated, but just outside the, pl- the playoffs. It's just a shame that when you have such a, tr- a blistering start to the season for it to sort of t- tail away like that. You don't need to tell Craig Fowler that. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking done you there, didn't he? <laughs> but that's, that's not the kind of heart reference I wanted. <laughs> I always have to get hearts from the hearts. Absolutely. Hearts so podcast. Record, I thought, I thought, I thought we'd done you right. I thought that was the easy hearts reference. I've been <laughs> bodied. Uh, the, the, point, the point I was going to make though is I think if at the start of the season if you'd said A United will finish in the playoffs a lot of their fans would be like no bother we'll take that. So yeah. it's just a kind of if it is through having led the league for so long to fall away from it um, that's disappointing but it'll be interesting to see what happens after this Alloa match and that is my conclusion and thank you again to Alistair Gemmel half his half mostly his and some of it mine and now we go on to um, John Maxwell oh, yes sorry Gary <laughs> <laughs> it's all me I don't know what you're talking about um, well I think one of the things to say is are you going to credit John first Absolutely, thank you very much, Sean. Right. You um, you you helped out a brother in need, and it was very much appreciated. You, you forgot to credit Laurie Spence, didn't you? And you uh, I did by uh, rectified it. Aye, I was very nice. I wasn't just like uh, change it without saying anything. No, I, I just I did it, but also I didn't, uh, this is a, a must site for Scottish football fanatics. So I didn't just go uh, like ah, thanks very much for the help. Site here, click whatever. I added an extra touch, so I thought I made up for it. Because I didn't say I'll give you a credit, and then I didn't do it. So <laughs> it was just because I've got a terrible memory. It was, it was done the same, the, the, the same flourish that you do your uh, nutmeg magazine. <laughs> Top forty <laughs> Scottish writers uh, about the beautiful game in Scotland. <laughs> sorry, sorry, anyway, John Ross. Yes. Yeah, um, so yes, uh, John Maxwell was uh, kind enough to give me copious notes on the fortunes guy. of Ross County, or Ross County, as some people may be calling them. They've of signed course, three players yeah. with, yeah. or no two players. Be calling with, that. I am. I just have. I've called them. <laughs> They'll catch on among <laughs> about two people. Uh, you, you never know. I'm pretty sure you were using Dundee County the other week. I think Ross County is a yeah, better pun. Dund- Dundee County's rubbish. I don't think yeah. I said that. Someone did. Okay. I'm blaming you. <laughs> Could be anyone. Um, yes, I think Ross County often have that stereotype of, oh, they'll be fine, you know, Uncle Roy will bring out the checkbook in January. Um, and that's probably more true for the other team that we're going to come on to discuss later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ross County have made a couple of signings in January. Um, yeah. They've been pretty unlucky with injuries to their back line this season, but they've brought in Kenny van der Weg. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, according to John, he was miles off it. Uh, in the very uh, in the first game, sorry, John, <laughs> crediting you, um, miles off it in the first game against Queen of the South. Um, but once he gets back up to speed, um, he'll be a decent acquisition. Um, they've also just brought in Andy Boyle on loan. He was on loan at Dundee in the first half of the season. Um, I think he'll be perfectly adequate uh, at the top of the championship. He's sort of that classic. You know, he can clear the ball. Just don't give him any time with it at mm-hmm. his feet. It, won't end well Um Semple's the other one who was really good yes. at Queen's earlier in the season yeah so they're happy with him and um, he can make a good partnership with Keith Watson beside him as well um, so it's looking like they're now going to set up with Fraser right back Watson and Semple at centre back with Boyle able to come in as and when he's needed and Van der Weg over at left back as well um, another signing they've made which is quite exciting is Daniel Armstrong from Wraith oh, Rovers yeah Daniel Armstrong was fantastic he's one of the players once he, he he was a player that you watch and you think that how on earth is he at Wraith Rovers far too good for, for that's no I'd say that's disrespect for Wraith Rovers isn't it for the form of the season it's very fair aye aye he was like you watch him playing some of the goals he was scoring some of the touches making him what the heck are you doing in, in League One so I think uh, obviously that would put him in the shop window and obviously Ross County a team pushing for promotion to Premiership that's a, a, a good move for him I'm keen to see how he does mm-hmm. a, a big miss for County as well has been Ian Vigers. Um he's missed the last 11 matches for County and he's probably going to be out for a little while yet um, obviously they signed Lewis Spence as well, but he's yeah, he's he is a body. That is it. <laughs> Quite literally, he is meat in the room, a package of flesh and bones, and not much else. Um, you know, he, he's pretty similar to Jamie Lindsay when they play together, um, but that uh, 
you know, at least he's there uh, to fill that Ian Viger-shaped hole for the time being. Um, I asked John as well what which of the other two, if we're assuming it's a three-horse race, um, he was more concerned about. Uh, and his view was very much, and we'll come on to them, Dundee United um, is the one he fears most. Um, partly, obviously, because they've got um, more options, they're bringing in more players. Um, and as well as that, Dundee United are still... Um, despite several years in the championship as a result of being relegated at Dens they're still getting pretty big crowds to their uh, away games as well and that can make a difference just that sort of giant sucking sound getting the ball <laughs> to come towards them um, they've made some good signs United they're real oh, they're right. Sorry, when you finished talking about I, was, I was going to neatly segue as you uh, right. as you already have um, I suppose Peter Pollitt is the one that people are unsure of whether it's going to uh, Maybe he was uh, one of really Peter Pollock was that the Aberdeen fans uh, did a Mark song about him and tried to get it to number one and instead went to like number fifty or something. Pathetic. It was good at that point, <laughs> but that was it. He was he was only really had one spell at Aberdeen of a season, maybe not even more than that, mm-hmm. uh, where he was good. The rest of his time, he's not really done much in his career. There's a lot of these Dundee United signings, but you could pick everyone on and make a case. You'd say Callum Butcher. He was perfectly serviceable in the top flight. Not not brilliant, so in the box, so in the second tier, he might be good. Pollitt, same kind of thing. Cammy Smith, he was really good at Simon before, so he might be good for Dundee United. Uh, Ross Laidlaw comes from Hibs. But there's just there's a real feeling of just these guys are just going to get bogged down in the crapness that's been Dundee United think, the last couple of years. I think the, the big issue for Dundee United is that their new owner is clearly chucking the checkbook at just getting them out of the division. Um, and I think it's clearly a case that if they do manage to get out this season, because there's another then, uh, there's a rumour as well they're trying to sign Osmond So yeah, that's been tonight, that's been sort of bobbing up and down so over the last few weeks for like the last two years. Who's here just now, Osmond So? Still at MK Dons. Right, so, so is Robbie Nielsen just signing guys from his f- former right, sort he's of team? Uh, he's got Gomez. Obviously played at Hearts. Uh, I think Nesbit was at MK Dons. Aiden Nesbit was, was uh, one supremely. Osmond So. Aiden Nesbit as well. He was rated. He was going to be the next bright thing at, at Celtic. Yes. When he was, he went on to Partick Thistle and, yes. and Morton. Never really quite. Never really done that. Right. Who knows? Maybe uh, Tannadice might be the best they've, place. They've also signed Ross Laidlaw on loan from Hibs. Yeah, I mentioned um, him. I'm not, even I know that was mentioned. No, um, because I saw when when he was signed, there were a lot of United fans sort of on the uh, announcement, which was not a uh, a video which we can come back to with Callum Butcher. Um, a lot of United fans said, "Oh, I'm delighted we've got him in. He's got to be better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's got to be better uh, than what we've had before." Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not That's not sure, guys. I'm not sure. It works. Got to be better. It doesn't yeah. have to be. Keep it uh, worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think United fans are um, relatively pleased with how things are going because they can see some changes coming in. Edge and Gailey's gone off as well. Uh, yep. Uh, Luemba has, I was going to say, disappeared. I don't think he's disappeared. He's just uh, been told he can leave as well. I think that, um, the, the, yeah, I think they're fairly happy with some of their transfer business, but yeah. uh, I never really like a team doing whole sale changes yeah. in January. I don't know how it's, often it works. It worked out for um, it's worked out for County a couple of times, but I think I, typically it's not that great an idea. I think it works out better if the team has been performing really. If you're at the bottom and you're thinking we've got to change this, yeah. it's better to roll the dice then than if you're still in the midst of. A promotion battle, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, it's just a case that, of one more heave. I can't like think of any teams actually doing that. The teams that are looking upwards mm-hmm. that, that would. Want. And I've got to be honest. I mean, they've. Um, I think Billy King's gone out on loan to right, Gillingham, Gillingham um, and Fraser Aird has gone out to Queen of the South. Yeah, um, which struck me as an odd one because I think is he not leading the championship in assists or assists per ninety minutes or something like that. Um, so it seems a little bit odd but I think United fans were a bit unsure about it um, with um, signing Pollitt and Callum Butcher as well I think one of the fears is that they uh, have a history of being a little bit injury prone um, and Fraser they've already got Fraser Fivey in there as well um, and I think United fans are beginning to lose a bit of the rag with him um, apparently subbed off um, when they were 1-0 down against Ayr the other week and uh, he took a good bit of time coming off because um, he was trying to find someone to give the captain's armband to. Um, pathetic. Gomez, Gomez looked miles off it as well. And, and his last one, he got sent off for two bookings. And he only knew a bit of time to get out. So he'd obviously he'd very well known around Scotland. And he mm-hmm. can be quite a classy player. But 
Uh, I need, need to wee bit of time to come. Callum Butcher, he played for the United before, is yes. that right? He did he two foot someone in the penalty box but got away with it. He might have quite done. possibly. He was a bomb scare at centre half. I think they moved him in midfield and he was yeah. all right. Right. Yeah. Let's see. I'm, I, I sound like a, a radio station that's just tuning into bits and bits and pieces. You know, just all static, and then you get a, a, a snatch of a voice. That's what, that's what I feel like I'm talking here. Lower league expert, fucking pish. <laughs> Right, uh, we'll finish up by talking through the result of the weekend. I don't think it's just the result of the weekend. Result of the season. The result of the season. It is Queen's Park 7, Berwick Rangers 1. Now, you cast your mind back to just over a year ago where you, Craig, uh, and me and Sean did a podcast when it was Falkirk 6, Dundee United 1. You remember that? And we watched the highlights back for that and and Falkirk, I don't use this, Falkirk were breathtaking that game and I, I don't think that before or after in the 17-18 season that was the finest performance certainly for the, the, the championship downwards I think that the Queen's Park 7-1 over Berry Rangers is the best team performance of the season now Queen's Park hadn't won any of their previous eight league matches and they'd only scored four goals in that period two of which were against Albion Rovers who are the worst side in the SPFL for the, uh, the longest in living memory so this you can't explain where it came from. You can't explain how it happened. So just enjoy it for what is this sort of like bizarre curate seg. Now, um, some of the play Queen's Park, obviously Queen's Park did the highlights, so I don't know if the highlights are biased in their favour, but it was one touch, back heels, flicks, passes the outside of the foot. Curtis Roberts uh, scored two absolute screamers. The second one in particular, he picked up the ball about 40, 35, 40 yards from goal. Just hits it, just hits it, and the ball, the ball just absolutely sails into the net. Scott McLean uh, got two. I went to school with a guy. In fact, I went to school with twins. One called Scott McLean, one called Russell McLean. So they were both strikers. Um, Russell McLean, of course, plays for Peterhead. Of course, um, of course, as you well know. And on top of that, so big fan. Uh, on top of that, David Galt also got a brace. And now David Galt is arguably the best Queens Park player to have been brought to the club by Gus McPherson. We've spoken about a lot of Gus McPherson, how he raids junior football, amateur football to bring these guys in. David Gott was arguably the pick of the bunch. And he was at Queen's Park for three years and scored some very important goals, most noticeably against Clyde in the playoffs in 15-16. Uh, the one he hit it from about 35 yards, hit the underside of the barn in. I don't know if anyone's seen it. It's an absolute cracker. A very popular player who left the club to join Aloha in the summer there but he I think he had an illness a sort of strange illness never really explained what happened to him and he left the club and signed for Canvas Lang Rangers so from Alloa to Canvas Lang Rangers a strange move but when Canvas Lang hit uh, financial difficulties back in I say back in January still is January <laughs> when Canvas Lang Rangers hit financial difficulties a couple of weeks ago him and a whole load of other players left the club and he's gone back to Queen's Park and I think that um, I don't think he's going to see a bit of massive upturn in Queen's Park season this isn't a, a vintage Queen's Park side he's a he's a really good in the ball adventurous likes to you know he's, a, he's got a great shot in him um, as, as, as we mentioned so fantastic result for Queen's Park brilliant performance but quite funny uh, after the match the Berwick Rangers Twitter account just tweeted out the scoreline it was like full time Queen's Park 7 Berwick Rangers 1 Sorry. <laughs> and the reserve team were beaten by Wraith Rovers 7 1 through the week. And they put another tweet saying, Yes, we know we've lost two games 7 1. No, we don't need you to tweet us to tell us about it. So um, it's a kind of miserable season for them. They are seven points ahead of Albion Rovers, so that they've beaten Albion Rovers twice this season. So. Too far ahead of Albion Rovers to, to be a real danger. Ten points behind Queen's Park, so they're probably going to finish in ninth place. It's probably going to be another sort of bang average, miserable season for, for Berwick. Wish I knew more about them to talk about them, but judging their performances, they've been scurried quite a lot. Yeah, but certainly not nowhere near as that. And in League Two, it's probably one of the least interesting divisions because, well, the top's interesting, you've got a three horse race for it, but then Annan look as though they've got yeah. uh, fourth place stitched up. And then below that, Albion Rovers look like they're done. Yeah, I think you'll see Albion Rovers all, all go down this season. Even, I mean, we've said that about Cowden Beath, you know, Cowden Beath had bad teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you, ah, uh, yeah, I suppose if, uh, because of the nature of the playoff, if you just have some sort of revival, 
towards the end of the season. It's kind of funny. I always remember saying, I've said this loads of times in this podcast, you can play, you need to play your way into form stuff. You can't just go into the playoffs mm-hmm. and, and be shit. But I actually don't think that's the case anymore. I mean, look at uh, Cowden K- Beef that, that, that season. They were pretty mince they most of the season. They did have a wee upturn towards the end when Locke came in. Locke replaced Liam Fox. There was a, there was a slight improvement. Well, they, they've signed as, as well. They've I think they would have went down under Liam Fox. Put it that way. <laughs> I don't know. They have signed a whole bunch of new players. Um, some of the names that uh, just like your favourite Ben Bailey, Gregor Fotheringham, oh, Michael <laughs> Gary Phillips is here. <laughs> Aye, uh, Albin Rose, Albin Rose will be done for. But beauty man. <laughs> Scene. <laughs> uh, but no, to go back to the original point, absolute massive credit to Queen's Park because watching those highlights, the 10 minute highlights, was, was an absolute joy. They were fantastic. The goals are brilliant. And I think just to, to lose the goal they lost, the, the one that Better Rangers scored right at the end, was uh, was a bit of a shiter as well. So it kind of takes the gloss off a wee bit, but all credit to them. Uh, credit to Mark Robertson, credit to the players. Right, is that yeah, I um, trying to think. Do we have any announcements to make? No, on the fact we're on the telly. <laughs> <laughs> um, live shows. Well, well, there's one ticket available for the live show. It's really fucking me off. Uh, <laughs> we couldn't tell. Fine. We could not tell. I just, because it's I just want to see it. I've still got a week. I just, because it's, it's some, somebody in the group chat well, we will remain anonymous has said, uh, I'm going to, my pal, my pal, the pal's going to, going to buy it. Well, fucking buy it. <laughs> Fucking buy it. It's the end of the month. It's the first tomorrow. I think I we, these tickets we, need f- we need to figure out uh, if there's any guest list seats over. Because then we can release. As opposed to just being one. No, I have, it has to be sold because mind, we, we've, got no, cost, we can, we've got costs that need covered. No, but um, we, could, we could sell the guest, the remaining guest list seats as well, is what I'm saying. Because there's only about, like, Craig, honestly, there's only about mate, 12 that have been I, taken I don't, over. I don't want to get into an argument with you about the logistics of this, but I... Because I, the, the, Joe wants Craig Cairns involved for the, you know, Craig Cairns was to MC. Um, Joe wants him involved for, for the part there, so it's an extra tier. And in mind, I'm thinking, well, it's actually no problem. But a part of me is like, oh, fucking, should have told me this earlier. <laughs> this is this is an, a, a stress. I don't you know, I'm having to take a half day on Friday, so I'm going to some place in Port Dundas to pick up spotlights. This people don't the, see that. This is the thing that people don't see. This is the start of the terrorist civil war, and I, I do not want to be taking sides. There's nobody asking you to take sides. Just, just don't. Just back me. Just, just for God's back, sake. Just buy the fucking last ticket. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Buy the last ticket. It'll be fine. I can't wait. I think it'll be. A, I think it'll be a brilliant night. It's something I've been looking yeah. forward to. Tages and listen to. They're going to include a celebrity boxing match. Who's, who's, who are the celebrities? Just you and Mr X. Who's Mr X? Oh, <laughs> ten, ten, oh aye, right, um, uh, not a celebrity yet. <laughs> uh, to, who knows, man, if, it, if the tennis goes well, I'll be coming to switch on Christmas lights near you. <laughs> I've got to say, your haircut is looking on point today. I've not had my haircut, mate. Have you not? No. No? You just made me look a cunt in the, the podcast. <laughs> Fuck's sake, can we stop it here? That's the rest of the laughter's laughter's gone on too long. Goodbye. Bye. Sorry. Oh, we're going to the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash test podcast. Two bucks. Five. <laughs> Preferably five. Oh, I buy the new five tier, uh, five, five dollar system. It's a. <laughs> good stuff there. Sorry, I thought you stopped recording there. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.